the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Third hour. Welcome to it. It is Friday on Pure Opelka, and we are covering news, but we're also looking at at things that are kind of different today, things that are a little bit out of the ordinary, and things that interest me. Uh, I'm intrigued by many different topics today, as it's been a crazy week, and there are all kinds of things that are swirling out there. We were talking about why the protesters at the G20 do what they do, and I do believe reflecting on it a little bit deeper. I do believe it's because we have not raised a generation or two generations with the knowledge that they can do pretty much whatever they want. And I'm not talking about just running around and, and lighting cars on fire, but I'm, I'm talking about they can create things. You just point to Facebook and, and Uber and, and Tesla and things that were created out of, out of air, that were ideas, that people who believed that the freedom that could be found here could afford them the opportunity to succeed. But everybody wants the easy route. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die, as it were. And part of that is the, the problem of, of how everything is depicted, of course, but it's also a problem of how people are raised. I, I looked at this, and this is so bizarre, and I wondered, it's, it's so off topic and so bizarre, I'm, I'm almost afraid to bring it up, but I'm looking at uh, the, the tabloids from New York. I check them out every day. Habit. Old habits die hard. And I'm looking at the New York Post, which is a little more right-leaning than the Daily News, which is very left-leaning. Both of them took... Um, Mayor de Blasio to task, by the way. The New York City mayor didn't stick around for the NYPD this weekend. He's taken off to go be with the protesters. Both papers took him to task, which means it's really wrong. But in in the New York Post, there is a story. I don't read the gossip pages because most of the names in the bold face, I don't remember anymore or don't know them. But in one corner of the pages, it said number two for Nikki. Nikki Hilton and her husband, James Rothschild, are going to be parents for a second time. And I thought, first of all, the Hiltons and the Rothschilds got together. If that doesn't sound like old American money, I don't know what does. But I always wonder, out of the two Hilton kids, how did one become Paris Hilton that we all watched just lead a life of debauchery and 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 not insanity, but frivolity. And Nikki Hilton, who who seems to have stayed out of all of the gossip pages. How how did one take one turn and the other take the other, that that very bizarre left turn? And I have to say, it's probably parenting. It's probably a parent saying at one point to one of them, "No, cut it out. You're not doing that." And then I hear a report over the break, uh, the news, I, I do listen to our news, that there were, what was it, three people were gored today on the beginning of the running of the bulls in Pamplona. 
And the question in my mind is why? Why are you running with bulls in Pamplona? First of all, the bulls can run up to 35 miles an hour. The fastest human can only run, I think it's, it's 20 miles an hour, and that's not for a very long distance. You've seen the streets of Pamplona. They're, they're cobblestones, which are slippery because you always see the bulls falling. So can you imagine driving a car on those cobblestones? And God forbid there's a little rain. And, and so who the hell is running with the bulls? Why? Why are we doing? Yes, I know it was, it was popularized by Hemingway in a book to the point where a bunch of idiots will do it every year. So the running of the bulls has started. The, um, the confluence of several festivals that come together in Pamplona and the fiestas of uh, San Fermin to honor the, the saint. Now, the, uh, the patron saint, uh, Saint Fermin, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, kind of a crazy thing. When, when, when a person is canonized or becomes a saint, they, they generally have to have uh, several miracles associated with them. And none of them can be card tricks, I'm just saying. And there is a, there's a story, the legend of the miracles that uh, surround St. Fermin at the time of, uh, I think it was about 600 AD. They talked about a sweet odor arising from his grave, a smell that caused ice and snow to melt and flowers to grow, the sick to be cured and trees to lean and bend towards the burial ground. I guess those are miracles, but uh, so th this is all about the celebration of a saint, Saint Fermin. And he's associated with uh, the running of the bulls because he, he was, I think, the first bishop, the first archbishop of that, of that region. So he's, he's part of this deal. But why do people, if anyone out there has run with the Bulls, I would like to know why, other than because you thought it was going to be some wonderful, wonderful test of your manhood. Or did you just want to do it to, to kind of live out Hemingway's dream? You can talk about anything today. I've got, I've got open phones today. It is a free-for-all Friday. I would love to know from anyone, and I would love to see a photo of you running with the bulls. Now, people think this is fun. And if I were 18 and had the wherewithal, I might want to go and take a look. And I'm sure that if I saw 1,200 pounds of raging animal running down the streets at 35 miles an hour, I would have a second thought because that horn is sharp. There have been, I believe... At least 15 people who have died at the festival, at the running of the Bulls, since 1924. And last year, at least four Americans were gored during the running. And we're only on, what is it, day one? And two Americans have already been injured. Uh, Dave in Illinois is checking in. Dave, are you calling to tell me that you ran with the Bulls in Pamplona? I have run with the Bulls in Pamplona, and uh, during the uh, summertime, I am a rodeo clown. Oh wow! So this is kind of like uh, this was kind of like work for you, <laughs> if I well, may. 
it uh, the Pamplona thing was more of a personal challenge. They challenging me. Uh, and there are tricks to being around uh, those big nasty beasts. So, I mean, you never run in a straight line. So, to me, it was a challenge because those bulls don't have their uh, horns dulled. Where, so, I just wanted to see if I could do it. And when did you do it? I did, a, did it back in 2008. Oh, wow. And did you go uh, with a group of people? Did you go with some buddies? Uh, it was just me and my buddy, Mike. Uh, yeah, speaking of Mike. But, hey, if you want to go, uh, I think I still have some uh, some uh, gas left in these knees. <laughs> well, look, my relief <laughs> factor works pretty damn well. And I'm back to light <laughs> jogging. But I don't think I could outrun the beast. So uh, this is I'm curious about this. Did you employ any of the tactics you use as a rodeo clown uh, in, in your running with the bulls? The only real tactic I did was I got up high when I got a bull ne up next to me. They've got walls and stuff that get built up uh, for the crowd. And if you get up high, the bull can't get to you, of course. Bulls can't oh, wow. jump real well. So oh. now I'm I'm gauging by your invitation to to join you. You would do this again? Uh yeah, but you'd have to give me some of your relief factor. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, knees, the knees are getting kind of old. I'm I'm 49. So <laughs> well, I'm I'm. Uh, I think I probably would have been coerced as a younger man. I really think I would go as an observer at this point and 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 want to wear body armor should I do it. But I just <laughs> as a grown up uh, and it's not that long ago that so you were in your early 40s when you tried this. Yeah, yeah, I'd been uh, rodeo clowning. Of course, I don't I'm not on like the PBR tour uh, uh um, I, I do mostly small rodeos, uh, no real rank bulls. So uh, it's, it's not like I'm uh, putting myself in real danger right now or ever have been. But, you know, it, it, you know, you can go to rodeo clown school, get a one-day uh, uh, <laughs> little course just to, you know, just to see how you would do. Uh, well, I, if you consider yourself uh, athletic at all, it, 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 it'd be cool. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I would love to find out where the Rodeo Clown School is, because I think that might be a fascinating story. I, I might want one of the other younger Blaze writers to do the actual experience, but <laughs> it would be interesting to see. So when you were there... Uh, Dave, any injuries to any of the crew that you were running with, the crowd you were with? No, no nobody I was with. There were a few people that got trampled. Some got gored, uh, you know, other than my crowd. And believe me, the, the emergency rooms are full on that day. <laughs> but uh, uh, it, it, the, the real danger is, is when it, if a uh, one of the bulls gets separated from the, the rest 
because the Bulls pretty much run run the path that is set up for them. Uh, so what what happens if one of the Bulls gets separated? That's that's if you're around one of the separated Bulls, they get mean. That they'll uh, they'll start to go after people. And that, Ooh, you mean outside of the runners? They'll go off into like the the crowd on side streets or just in. Well, no, if they get separated from the rest of the herd. Hmm. Uh, if they get separated from their uh, their uh, you know from the pack that's running, because you you know you'll see a bull stumble and you, you don't want to be around the lone the lone bull because that's when they get defensive. That's when they get mean. That's kind of like. You know, when you separate anybody, you know, separate any uh, animal out of its natural pack, it wants to get back to the pack. Oh, I understand. So, I understand. That's wow, that's fascinating. You're, you, you're the first person I've talked to who's actually done it, and you're also the first person I've talked to who probably had the training to do it. The rest of them who <laughs> talked about it would just want to get all liquored up and make the effort. Now, were you... Uh, yeah. Were you overserved or emotionally lubricated when you started running? Actually, no. Uh, I was overserved the night before, so I was well hung over. But uh, <laughs> I, I, believe me, that's uh, seeing those uh, those those nasty creatures come at you will sober you up quick. <laughs> I could imagine. I, I could imagine. Well, great stories. I hope you have pictures. I hope you 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 took. Did you wear all white with the red belt and the 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 bandana and everything? Yeah, I, I, I wore the red sash. I didn't wear anything on my head. Uh, I, I I thought about wearing my cowboy hat, but that then I thought it might be a little disrespectful to the to the uh, people of Spain. And I love the Spanish people; they're so great. Uh, well. Taking party. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. Did you attend the bullfights in the evening? Oh yes, I did. Yes, I did. Now, is there is there fresh steak served after the bullfights? That's the nicest way I can put this. Uh, I didn't stick around for that part. You know, I, I attended the bullfights, and then I had to get back to. Uh, back to home ground because I had uh, some business to take care of. So, uh, I, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what they do with the dead bulls. <laughs> okay. Well, it's just a, just a question. I've got uh, less than a minute to go here, Dave. Uh, now that I know about your hobbies and your uh, summertime work as a rodeo clown, what, what do you do in life the rest of the time? I drive a truck. Another one of our beloved truckers on the road. What are you hauling today? Right now, I'm hauling nothing but sailboat fuel. I just emptied out uh, up in uh, by Jackson, and I'm down here by New Orleans to wash out and uh, get a new load. Well, be be careful and be safe and get home okay, and everybody else keep your eyes out for our trucker buddies on the road. Thank you for sharing the information and the stories. Hold on just a second. I got something just for you, buddy. Okay. There you go. I love it. (laughs) I, I love it. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. Be safe, and the rest of you will be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. I'm I'm just going through some of the some of the mail that I get every time we talk about Relief Factor and and the people who have joined me in trying to use an all-natural method to eliminate the pain that I used to have in my joints, in my knees, in my back, in my neck, in my hips. Uh, And I've been doing this since early April, and it worked for me starting on day eight. I'm no longer taking any kind of over-the-counter meds. I don't take prescription meds. But Todd Bennett tried Relief Factor, too. He went to relieffactor.com and then uh, told us about his experience. So I got a job with a cable company, and in December 2005, I fell from a highline pole. And morphine, Oxycontin, and all that stuff, I was in bed for the last probably eight years of my life. Got the relief factor two weeks later. I got up out of bed, I could go like this. I stood up, and it was just wow. I mean, it, the pain wasn't all the, way to get, all the way gone. It's enough to where I could get out of bed in the morning. I look forward to getting up out of bed. Uh, I do yard work now back in the wood shop woodworking and just actually living my life. I'm not, not dull no more, you know? <laughs> I don't think Todd Bennett was ever dull. I, I look at this guy and I can look in his eyes and see that he's a guy who enjoys living life and I'm glad Relief Factor helped him the way it helped me. Uh, if you want to know more, if you want to get the three-week quick start pack, which is 1995 to try it, it usually works between seven and 10 days for people. Go to relieffactor.com, find out for yourself, or call them, 800-500-8384, It's Relief Factor. I'm, I'm, I'm rapidly checking all the stories that I want to get to, and I'm trying to catch up to myself here. Uh, the story, I mentioned Jeffy's going to do stories tomorrow that I know I'm guaranteeing you. Jeffy... I'm making a prediction here. The Jeff Fisher show tomorrow, which follows Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka is on from uh, 6 a.m. Yeah, we'll be live at 6 a.m. tomorrow. And we will uh, be there until 9 a.m. when Jeffy stumbles in. I'm guaranteeing you Jeffy is going to do a story about a, a naked woman who got angry because the car she bought broke down. And the way she protests is getting naked and going to the home of the car dealer who sold her the car. I'm just making a prediction, so stay tuned. It's not fake news. I'm making a prediction. Jeffy's going to do that story. I'm also making a prediction. Jeffy's going to do a story that's on The Blaze today. It's a story from my buddy Dave Urbanski. And I I don't know if I've ever said this word on The Blaze Radio. I'm kind of nervous that if I say it, I'll get suspended or in trouble, but it's on theblaze.com and it's not bleeped or cut out. Story about a vegan cafe owner and the word butthole is in the title. Are we allowed to say that? I, I better take a break and make a phone call. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Well, I'm still here. The hotline didn't ring and I wasn't thrown off the radio, but uh, it's there's still time. As I, as I did read a story headline on the Blaze that I'm, I'm guessing Jeffy's going to cover this tomorrow. Uh, I'm not going to get into the story. Suffice it to say, it's actually very funny. Vegan cafe owner publicly shames customer whose review says toddler showed, quote, butthole during meal. Um, yeah, about those things you write online, that reminds me of a story that I meant to share with you today. A story about a person who decided that they were going to have some fun uh, with an online review. And this is one of those things, one of those lessons. Again, uh, we're, we're in the last half hour of this Friday free-for-all. You're welcome to call in and join, join the conversation. As you heard, we just had a fascinating discussion about, uh, about running with the bulls and a, a gentleman who's, who's actually done it. Uh, but the number, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393. But I read this story this morning, and I thought, you have got to be a real... Uh, let's say you were reacting and weren't thinking through when you did this. A stockbroker on Long Island was ticked off. He was ticked off when his name was mentioned online in a blog post. And the the story here is that a, a law firm, very important element to this story, a law firm posted a story about some of the work that they do. They handle stock fraud cases. Now, this guy, this this Anthony Pupo, P-U-P-P-O, Anthony Pupo, saw that he was mentioned in the, in the blog post by a law firm, Fittipelli Curta is the name of the law firm, Fittipelli Curta. So he decided what he would do was put some reviews, some comments under the blog post. But he wasn't going to use his own name. He was going to put statements that criticized the blog post and made fun of the firm. For example, he said things like, horrible experience dealing with this firm. Every positive review is fake. Well, if you're going to do stuff like that and you're not a real person... You don't do it to a law firm. And when you do it, you also don't use aliases that are obviously fake. He wrote those reviews under names like Pepe Roni, Alcoholic, Sal Lamy, and Cole Cuts. Obviously, this, this Anthony Pupo, who wrote these angry reviews that that smeared and besmirched the reputation of the law firm. He's obviously a fan of the Simpsons. Cause I think those are some of the names that Bart Simpson used when he was prank calling Moe's bar. And he's saying, Hey, uh, is there an alcoholic at the bar? Yeah. So here's what happened. Pupo writes these horrible reviews, these nasty online comments about the firm uses aliases not thinking that guess what every time you put something on the internet there are fingerprints left by you digital fingerprints little tracks that can lead back to you the law firm didn't take too kindly 
to the man and his clever names. And so guess what? He's now going to have to face a uh, pretty serious lawsuit for his comments. So uh, just, just so you know, when you think you're being clever and you're putting anonymous comments online, uh, they can always lead back to you. Someone can always track back whatever you've put on anywhere, anytime. It doesn't just go away. And if you delete it, it's still somewhere. It's absolutely still somewhere. Just know it doesn't disappear. Now, while we're talking about dummies, um, my friends in California, my Puro Pelka fans in California and friends in California, anybody live near Thousand Oaks? Uh, this is the story of a person who is now being arrested, uh, was hauled in after the police came to his house because somebody said they thought they saw an alligator in the swimming pool. Not only did they find one alligator, there were several alligators. Uh, Several alligators, rattlesnakes, vipers, Gila monsters, buckets filled with cobras, all in a residential neighborhood in Southern California. Uh, They're all illegal. You're not allowed to have dozens. You're not allowed to have one of these much less dozens of them. And now they have a criminal investigation because the, the Cape Cobra, which was spotted in the neighborhood for the second time in three years and led to two search warrants being issued. Uh, thank God the Cobra didn't get somebody. A neighbor drove his car over the snake, killing it. Cape Cobras, kind of very dangerous. Uh, one bite, one bite has enough poison to kill six people. One bite. They took this guy away, um, and they're holding him for cruelty to animals, which I think is kind of bizarre. Uh, the neighborhood uh, is very happy. They saw, they, they initially saw this and said, oh, that's, that's a, uh, it's a residential neighborhood. First of all, let's, let's remember, this is a, a Los Angeles suburban residential neighborhood the guy did claim he had permits for some of the animals but he didn't have permits for all of them and uh, based on reporting that was going on today on uh, cbs news from california they were still pulling animals out of the house the san diego zoo was asked to come in and take the cobra because it's one of the only facilities in the country, one of two facilities in the country that has the ability to uh, deal with the anti-venom issues that are needed. So they've got the anti-venom there in case one of their people gets hit. Uh, they've, been, they've been looking for the Cobra for four days. They've got enough problems in the neighborhood, according to the authorities. We've got enough problems with coyotes and rattlesnakes that we don't need these people having all kinds of their own exotic animals living at the home. Can you imagine? The snake was six feet long. And so, thank God, search warrants were executed. It took them, it took them days to track everything down. But uh, 
let's hope there aren't any more. But I, I say this all the time. Let's hope there aren't any more people doing dumb stuff like this. But invariably, we wake up and what happens? There are two or three people doing dumb stuff like this. A, a good story that I want to share with you, a, a story with a happy ending after six years. Do you remember, and I think we talked about this story a while back, about the story of Charles Williams, the guy who actually outfitted his garage at his home with uh, a lift like one you would find at a car dealership or an, an auto repair place. He didn't, he didn't need a permit. He didn't need an exemption from, from the zoning laws. He applied for a special permit and they rejected him. He was turned down because he didn't need it. And he, um, the gentleman, Mr. Williams, lives in a, uh, this, again, a neighborhood like the one with the, uh, like the snakes in it. But his neighbors didn't like the idea that he was fixing cars in his garage. It wasn't a business. He would just let his friends come over and use the lift. He had it put in because he liked working on cars and he was confined to a wheelchair after an industrial accident. So he built a garage like a car garage in his own garage. No local zoning laws were, were violated, but the neighbors didn't like it. So they sued him and it took six years before a judge finally said, you're okay here. Everything's good. And finally, after six long, expensive years, Charles Williams can use his garage the way he initially wanted to do. Unfortunately, he, um, he had some pretty big legal battles. But in 2016, after an article popped, here's where the good news is. He raised about $58,000 to help defray the legal costs. And after uh, taxes and fees... That's pretty much going to be eaten up all the way. So justice appears to be served. You can do on your property what you want to do as long as you're not turning it into a business in a non-business zone. He and his friends work on their cars together. They just happen to have a nicer garage than you. It's not like he put a manure pile in the backyard, people. Everybody needs to calm down. Michael Pelka stepping aside on Pure Opelka. When we get back, we'll wrap it up. I'll tell you if there's any other breaking news out of the uh, the G20 meetings. And I have to, um, we have to reach out and smack Chris Saliza just one more time because it was fake news what he did yesterday. And it's not helping CNN. And I also have some hard numbers that I want to share with any CNN fans who may happen to still be in the crowd. That's coming up next on Pure Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Before I get out of here, let me remind you one more time, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Nicole went to relieffactor.com. She also picked up the phone and called them at 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. And Nicole got the three-week 
quick start pack and she got great results. I started getting numbing like carpal tunnel, but then I started realizing it was all up in my shoulder. The cramping, the pain, it was almost unbearable. When I started taking Relief Factor, it just seemed like everything relaxed and I'm able to stretch it out now. I'm able to work it out. I'm able to sleep. To me, it is a lifesaver. I understand it was a lifesaver for me too. And I've only been uh, using Relief Factor since early April. So if you have inflammation that causes pain, the inflammation may be perfectly handled by all natural Relief Factor. Check them out at relieffactor.com. The three-week quick start pack is $19.95. It works for me. I hope it works for you. And like thousands of others, it works for relieffactor.com. Before we get out of here, yesterday, I was responding in a tweet form to Chris Saliza and uh, what he perceived as a snub of President Trump by the First Lady of Poland, uh, the First Lady Duda, the wife of President Duda. Uh, she was going across the stage to shake hands with Melania, extended the hand to Melania Trump. They shook hands. A split second later, she turned and shook the hand of President Trump. Saliza's deceptively labeled and edited tweet and video showed something completely different. And he should know better. And that's probably why CNN's numbers have fallen so low that they are in, in the gutter in terms of what numbers are for cable programming. And, and there's even a report that reruns of Yogi Bear are beating CNN in some day parts. Let that sink in. Reruns of the old Yogi Bear cartoon are beating CNN. It doesn't take much CNN to correct your course. It just takes removing the editorializing out of the reporting. It just takes realizing that all you have to do is tell the story. And if you tell it right and tell it cleanly and clearly, the people will get it. It ain't that tough unless you're so angry about what's happened, unless you're still angry about Hillary Clinton losing the election, that you just can't deal with it, which is kind of what it's beginning to feel like. And you can try and argue it away or defend it away, but it's just, it's just not going to work. So CNN, unless you fix it, unless you make the course correction, I think uh, Jeff Zucker is not long for, for the world and his job as CEO. And I think a lot of the people making those multi-million dollar salaries are probably going to realize the same reality that ESPN did when they got off sports and they got on editorializing. Don't even get me started on what they did with their 30 for 30 and the decathlon story that, that is out there now. It's on the blaze. You can see it. It's insanity. So go and enjoy the rest of your day and, and join me tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock. I'll be here. Uh, by the way, it's also National Macaroni Day. I support National Macaroni Day, especially mac and cheese. I can't support 
lobster mac and cheese. To me, you're ruining two wonderful different dishes. It's like teaching a pig to sing. All it does is really irritate the pig. So leave the lobster alone and leave the mac and cheese alone. I know, I'm, I'm a purist, right? We'll be back tomorrow morning. And uh, for those of you that didn't see it, I just tweeted out the Putin-splaining eye roll from today's G20 outtakes. We'll be here tomorrow morning and cover it all. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. This is Pure Pelka with Mike Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.